Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with live performance. To me, nothing replaces being in a theater and the lights going down and the orchestra starts to play and that first moment of magic. And I know the way I feel about theater, some people feel about sports or opera or dance or comedy or food. And what if there was a place that you could go and find out which live events are going on near you that night, and then for a discount price, you can get off your couch, put down that clicker, and experience the magic that is live performance. Well, there is a place, goldstar.com. You just go to that website, you type in your city, and every amazing live event will be listed at discount prices. Theater, dance, comedy, film, food, concerts, sports. No more staying home. You are going to go out and build memories and experiences that expand your mind and heart through live performance with goldstar.com. Goldstar is in 26 cities around the country with over 8 million members already signed up to find out what event is going on near you. So go to goldstar.com. Get out of your house and build memories that are magic for you and your family. Expand your mind, expand your hearts. Go see live performance by using goldstar.com. Tell them Alana sent you. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord. And others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's a lot of end friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be A-OK. Little known fact about my guest today, growing up, his playground was backstage at all the theaters his parents were performing in. Now, all these years later, he is making his mark on the New York theater scene. Welcome Zane Pies to the podcast. A-OK. A-OK. My guest today is Zane Pies. Zane is currently starring in The Perplexed, the world premiere of Richard Greenberg's new play at Manhattan Theatre Club. Some of his other theatre credits include Sunday, Dead Poet Society, Mercury, Mercury Fur, and Skylight. Some of his film and TV credits include Room 104, Margot at the Wedding, Alba and June, and Minion. He was born and raised in New York City. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and recently, I've had the pleasure of co-starring with him in a play, and I kind of feel like I get to call you my newest friend. Yeah. 
So that's what I want to say about that. All right. As we sit here, I have the playbill for the perplexed in front of us, just to remind us of um, the fact that even though it's our day off, we should still be learning the new lines. Yeah, we got some. We got some cuts for tomorrow. Yeah. I think they're good cuts. They're good cuts, and that's the exciting thing about being part of a, a world premiere. This is a little different because can I take my shoes off of course just so I can you can. Cross-legged of here? course you can. Right. Um, so so that brings up the fact that usually you guys know I'm in a recording studio in Midtown, but today's President's Day, 2020, and my studio is closed, and I had hoped for Zane to come on, and he has so graciously agreed to come to my home. This is so much better. I'm sitting on a couch instead of. At a table. Yeah. Which, is it at a table usually? Yeah, it's like a pretty standard. If you can picture a recording studio, that's what it looks like. I have some tea here. Yeah. It's very cozy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I mean, great and, spot. and full disclosure, also, we had a late night last night. It was our first week of previews. Yeah. We finished, and we all decided to go out and celebrate the fact that we were still standing. I, yeah, I had a drink, and I had a martini, and then I drunkenly told the bartender if she gave me a free drink I would give her a comp to the show right and so Christine the bartender um, we can't, yeah, wait, to we can't wait to have you yeah that'll <laughs> I kind of feel like, like you had more than one martini I could be wrong I, I mean, not that I was counting I might I may have had two martinis and then, and then the another drink yes yeah um so Christine we're looking forward to that I should have probably saved that comp for family <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if your family isn't but, giving you yeah, a free drink, that's just like how my brain works. That's right. Well, that's drink. a little known fact about you. Yeah, yeah. I, can... I just give stuff away after like for alcohol. One... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? I think that uh, kind of thing is great for cast bonding. Yeah, these late I nights. I agree. Yeah, yeah. and it's totally. fun. And it's the first time we all really went out together. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Great. So I wanna. So that's last night. Mm-hmm. That's last um, night. And uh, and I, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, and I mentioned this to you, is I find it fascinating the idea of continuing in the family business. Right. So both both of Zane's parents are actors. It's so normal, like if your family has like a real estate company or plumbing, sure. or they're in the union and Teamsters, or there are a million jobs that everyone expects and hopes that you go into the family business. Um, you know, like. Levine, Levine, and Levine, whatever yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, I didn't join my father's accounting slash law firm, right? Uh, which was a great disappointment to him. Was it really? Yeah, I think he, he would have really loved. Wanted you to... He took over his father's company, like yeah. it was founded in like 1923. Wow. And my father, who is 90, just retired this year. Oh my God. Yeah. So there are many partners that have come into the company since this firm, but I think it would have given him tremendous happiness for right. one of his daughters. And my sister is an attorney, but she's she's in the district attorney's office. She's right. not doing the kind of thing that he did. Right. Right. Hmm. So I guess my question for you is having two um, actor parents, actor yeah. parents who've been real journeymen, who've like really have done everything, mm-hmm. um, but started in the theater and loved the theater. And yeah. so, you were telling me that, you know, you saw really firsthand the kind of reality of a life. Yeah. In the theater. Um, and first of all, you know, my, my parents always told me, I didn't really know that it, I wanted to be an actor for a while, and I kind of just dabbled with it for a while, but um. They, they never encouraged me. They said, you know, I think when I was really little, I was like, Dad, I think maybe I want to be an actor. I was probably like five. And he said, well, 
make sure that there is literally nothing else you can do. And if you have, because you should only be an actor if you have to be an actor. So, but yeah, I mean, I grew up kind of backstage. Um, my mom just did a bunch of off-Broadway plays. What are your earliest memories of, of that? My earliest memory, I mean, I just remember my mom coming home in the winter and she had this wool coat and I'd give her a hug when she got home I'd wake up and give her a hug and she smelled like the theater which was kind of like a mixture of you know like that bat there's just like a smell of a green room with, yeah. and it kind of smells like asbestos to, yeah it's like, it's like asbestos <laughs> just like bands chemicals grease paint and um, booze yeah just like yeah, yeah um, deep existential questioning no uh, she, she smelled like cigarettes her wool coat like halls and um and just like the backstage smell and so and then i just it's like such a nostalgic i don't know why i'm talking about the way my mom smelled because that's so sweet and i feel like like we should create a candle that's called like backstage backstage mom (laughs) we can sell it the yankee candle yes that's just like good or it would be like on (laughs) playbill.com yeah right that's side note we're on it yeah we're 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 gonna make that sense um and then you know i kind of just my parents couldn't get a babysitter and they were both working like I'd be backstage and it kind of just it was kind of like magic getting to see these people from the wings go on and perform <laughs> bless you sorry um, is the dust even just thinking about the dust from the green room hey Lola allergy. now my dog is joining us you guys sorry um, we will add a photograph of Lola it won't be cool. your headshot with this well maybe it'll be a headshot of you holding Lola for this week's episode so what is like what are the plays that you remember being around when you were little I mean I remember my mom did a play called Jackie with Margaret who's in the perplexed with us um when I was really little she did a play called Abigail's Party at the new group she worked a lot at the new group um with Jennifer Jason Lee. With Jennifer Jason Lee. I love that production so much. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I started acting is through that because she was married to Noah Baumbach. But, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer. Yeah. Not your mother. Correct. So you're around the theater. So I was around you're the theater. You're a kid. You're yeah. like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah, and I, it was like... Were you doing school plays also? Were you doing no. theater in school? Well, I went to this really hippy-dippy middle school, which I loved, called City and Country School. And every year towards the end of the year you'd um you'd write and everyone would be in a play and so that was something I always look forward to at the end of the year but um I wasn't like a huge theater kid I just I kind of just like thought what my parents did was I couldn't even understand what what it was it was so strange to me that my mom would like I would see my mom come off stage and she'd be sobbing and then within, you know, a few minutes, it should be back to normal. And I was like, that's impossible. I don't understand this. That's so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But then I think I just was always fascinated with, with actors. And, how... and were there always actors? Were, was there social life actor-centric? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, just always a bunch of actors hanging out. Um, and, you know, I grew up in the East Village. Um, what? In, so this is the two... When, what year were you born? I was born in 93. Okay. So it was still a completely different neighbor. It was, yeah, completely different neighborhood back then. Um, and I grew up... There was just a bunch of artists around in that neighborhood. I mean, believe it or not, the 
lot across the street from the apartment where I grew up was just a field. I mean, wow. it was like there was still. And it was a field with like junkies, or were kids in it? Because <laughs> no, it was it was kind was of like, like a mixture of like a parking lot junkie area and like let's play baseball, um, not barefoot. But, uh, right. You, know. you didn't want to step on a needle. No, no. That was always the that's always the, the parent fear of these yeah. villages that your kid's gonna step on a well, needle. Well, Tompkins Square Park for a long time had this reputation of having both like beauty and artistry and yeah. people who were addicted to stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's I, my playground was in Tompkins. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I grew up I grew up like you know surrounded by cool artistic people. Yeah. I grew up next to Kiki Smith, the sculptor. And she's like, I'm like a huge fan of her stuff now, but when I was a kid, it was just kind of like... There's Kiki. There's, there's Kiki. She's like in her backyard making these enormous, you know, brass sculptures of nude women fighting forest animals. It was cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I just... I think I fell in love with theater when I was a kid. And then that love kind of... I came back to that later, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but in the middle of all this, at a young age, I mean, we're fast-forwarding a few years, yeah, not yeah. from... You are in this independent film that was one of those small films that really was like a, a critical darling and, you know, at, at the time where huge movie stars started to do indie films. Yeah. Um, and Margot at the Wedding is one of those movies. At the time, Jennifer, Jason Lee, and Noah Baumbach were married. Mm -hmm. um, this is pre-Greta Gerwig. And, uh, and Nicole Kidman and, and Jennifer, Jason Lee are doing this movie for yeah. Noah where they play sisters and they need a son for Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And so it sounds like because your mom and Jennifer were in this play together, well, yeah. the timing worked out. I mean, basically, um, I think... I was old enough that I didn't really need a babysitter. You were um, 12? Yeah. Uh -huh. you know, I was pretty independent. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would be hanging out backstage um, after school or whatever. Did you get to know Jennifer? Were you hanging out and talking to her? Yeah, and becoming I, yeah exactly. Like I would just be doing homework backstage and yeah. chatting with Jennifer and my mom and you know all the other actors. And uh, Jennifer mentioned, she was like, oh, my, you know, my husband Noah is... Um, directing this movie and there's like a part for a kid in it um, and it w totally wasn't like you should audition for this or anything like that it was just like w will you just read some of the lines mm -hmm. um, for this kid we just need to hear what it sounds like yeah. for a kid reading it and I was just around so I went over to their house um, a few times and it was just the three of us and we just kind of like listened to music they let me DJ and I was uh -huh. like really into Nirvana and I don't know like if that went over well but I was just like <laughs> That's so cool. And so I just, like, read these lines with them. And then um, then I did kind of do one formal audition for Doug Abel. And then I didn't really think that I was going to do this thing. Had you done anything before that? I mean, no. Just, like, these school plays that I would, you know, co-write with my yeah. classmates, you know. And it was probably, like, you know, now looking back, what we pretend we were pilgrims. And, you know, it was, like, all historical. Right. Um, it was like compile the curriculum into a play. Yeah. And I said hippy dippy school. Yeah, Great yeah, school. yeah, yeah. I have a lot of friends whose children. Yeah, went it was to that school. awesome. Um, I know it. Lots of blocks and. Lots of yeah, we played yeah. with blocks until we were like 
20 years old. It's great. Um, blocks <laughs> you know, are good. Blocks are great. I still want to, I should get some blocks and yeah. play with them more often. I feel like Lego sort of took over in some ways while my kids were growing up. I know, but the wood blocks are so best. classic, you know? Because yeah. you got to really balance them. Yeah. They, they don't just snap in like that. No. They don't hurt as bad when you step on them. No. Um, but yeah, now so. Now I know what your opening night gift is. Wooden blocks. Wooden blocks. Yeah, you make me so happy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and then Noah just had me over to his uh, office one day. Was this intimidating at all, or Not was it just... Not really, because they were so sweet and chill about it. Um, you know, it really wasn't like there was pressure on me to, like, book something. Right. They were kind of just like... and But then I think slowly they were like, oh, like, maybe Zane would be good in this. Um, and then Nicole Kidman came over. To your house? To, um... Their house. To Noah's office. We yeah. were just there, and we just read, like, all of our scenes together, which took a really long time, and... Did you know who she was? Were you totally. I knew, I knew who she was. I don't, you know, I hadn't seen, like, all of her... Yeah, I hadn't seen Eyes Wide Shut yet, um... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... That was when you were 13. Yeah, I saw that when I was 13. Yeah. As soon as I was 13. Um... <laughs> of all the movies. Uh, but, uh... <laughs> you know, I was aware that she was a big deal. Um, was she still married to Tom Cruise at that time? No, she was with Keith, okay. um, who I got to know pretty well, too. Uh, but I just remember I was really nervous when she came over. I was drinking all this water, and I kept on having to pee. I peed like 12 times during You're this. Like, why is my mouth stuck together? Yeah. Because I just knew it was a big deal, but I didn't yeah. really understand. But yeah, so so that happened. And, and then did she try to put you at ease? What was her yeah, vibe? she was super, super nice. Uh -huh. Super... Um, we just chatted for a lot of it, I, I remember. Um, we just talked about, like, she talked about her kids, I talked about my parents, we talked about life, and we got along really well. Were you a good reader? Are you a good cold reader? I'm a good cold reader. Yeah. I'm terrible, I'm terrible at memorizing. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, for an audition, it takes me, like, it's so hard for me to get off book if it's in, like, three days. Uh -huh. You know, I need, like, a week to do it every day. Do you have a process for learning lines? No, I, I really should have a process, and I, I wish that I had one that was really bulletproof, because, but I'm so, I'm, I'm always, like, holding book, but, uh... Well, I know that I'm in this play with you, and words come out of your mouth every night, I can, so I know the, I know the words out. for our play, yeah. Yes, for sure. Because we had, can. like, five weeks to learn those. Yes. Um. So, you're reading, just, just to go back, because, because what a huge, heady thing... In retrospect, yeah. like now, if you got the lead playing Nicole Kidman's son, it would be something you'd care about, you'd work really hard for, maybe, you know. I probably wouldn't get it because I'd be like so... You'd be so freaked out. So, uh, I'd want it so badly. Yeah. But back then I was like, oh, like... You know, and then eventually I was so happy when I got it. Um, and then you I mean, went they had off, me do like a screen test and everything. You had you know? to do all the things. I had to do all the things. Because someone was paying actually. for the movie yeah, and they needed you know, to approve it. Yeah, I had to like... You, do the whole Scott Rudin screen test. Um, and were there other kids screen testing that you saw when no, you were there? No, they, I think they kind of like kept me separate because they were just auditioned, like having regular auditions at the same time. Um, was Scott Rudin around and was he... Yeah, he was, he, was, he was around every day. Yeah. And um, were you aware of him as a kid? Like, that's a very powerful producer. Did you feel his presence in the uh, creative experience or more like a guy when an other person in video village I mean I knew that he was important for the process of the movie but I I think to his credit he was pretty um, 
creatively hands off and uh-huh. let Noah do what Noah wanted to do. And I think he was just more facilitating that creative process. So just making sure that he had space to work, which was cool. Um, Where was I, that beautiful house that you shot in? Yeah, it was, um, it was in Hampton Bays. Uh, what a beautiful spot. It was great. I was there for like two and a half months. I got to miss school. It was awesome. That's the best. <laughs> so Noah said that, I don't know if that was true for you too, but that he had, that Jennifer and Nicole had spent a couple of weeks rehearsing together um, before you guys started, which is a luxury for a movie yeah. to kind of have rehearsal like that. Were you a part of that or was that something they did more to develop a sister relationship? Yeah, I mean, we would have kind of just quasi-rehearsals, but it was really laid back. It would be like at, at their house and they would, no would be like, well, like, why don't you guys just like make some food and run the lines and like mm-hmm. use the stakes of the scene but pretend you're, you know, cooking dinner and then we'll just figure it out. I remember I read Nicole's lines once and she read my lines. You know, it, was like, it was all The other really person in this film that was such a like, kind of outlandish yet perfect casting choices to have Jack Black yeah. enter this film who at that time was known for really comedic stuff. Totally. Larger than life and it's hard to imagine him in a kind of small intimate indie yeah, yeah, yeah. film yeah. about family drama. Um, do you have memories of him on totally. set and around and, and yeah, he was... Um, Were you aware of Tenacious D? Or yes, any of his I, other was, stuff? I was a huge Jack Black fan, so that was like a awesome. really big deal for me. Yeah. And I remember there was this one scene that was just the two of us, and we're like talking in this shed. Um, and I think that the scene was probably cut because I couldn't really act with him, because I was too... It wasn't the Nicole kid. No, yeah. no, it was... It was I mean, Jack Black. You know, I was, like a, I was so into Tenacious D. I thought that, that was so cool. And, um, but yeah, and I just couldn't really get my my lines out but he was the sweetest guy he really made sure like I was comfortable on set I remember he I had like a tutor on set and I I decided that I would read Of Mice and Men and he decided he would read it too and so we kind of would talk about that um I remember he uh I think he punted a burrito once like he just like kicked it um just like because he knew that like that would make me so happy and (laughs) <laughs> it really did. And it did. He would like sh- we would watch YouTube videos together. He was like really wanted to make it super comfortable for me. Great guy, so nice, sweet, and so funny. Something I'm curious about, especially for kids, you know, it wasn't something you were pursuing. It's not like you had gone out to LA and done a million pilot seasons and Disney shows and that sort of stuff. No, you're really starting in this like very elegant, sophisticated, you know, storytelling for your first film and without a coach, right? Obviously you've been around it. Um, You're learning the lines somehow. Yeah. Um, You had a lot to do and you were also playing the son of a beautifully complicated, possibly slightly unstable character, right? I don't want to name it or spoiler alert so people haven't seen the film, but like, this is um, a gorgeously troubled, very provocative, interesting character. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see why Nicole Kidman wanted to do this movie. Totally, yeah. And there are a lot of things that she does that as a mother would be really hard to play um, when I think about what she had to do yeah. as someone with little kids of her own, probably at the time, 
or maybe she didn't have yeah. her. No, she I mean, Connor, I don't know how old her older kids were, but yeah, I don't yeah. know if she and Keith had these sweet girls yet. But No, not yet. Um, mm-hmm. But she went for it, and it and and they were painful, painful scenes, and I'm wondering how, you know, there are stories of, like, Steven Spielberg telling Drew Barrymore, like, her dog died, and that's how she cried, you know, yeah, that's what, E.T. Every single then, time, every scene, yeah. Nicole would just be like, your dog died. It's <laughs> not your dog died. <laughs> no. She was the best. She was so sweet, actually. But um, how did they handle that for you? And how did you understand that? And were you just one of these kids who were like, I mean, I, got I get it. it. Was I'm a not. Movie. I'm not really. I knew with it an wasn't abusive real. Mom or whatever. Yeah. Emotionally abusive. Right. I mean, you know, I I'd watch my parents act, and I mean, especially my mom on stage. So I really could see, you know, that you you put yourself through something, and you know that it's not real. And I mean, sometimes when you're in the middle of it, it feels really real but that you're going to be fine eventually. Were you fine when you look back on that no, whole experience? No, I'm really fucked up from it. Is that <laughs> why you're still such a mess? Yeah, exactly. Um, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm having another martini right now. But listen, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, why not? It's my Christine day off. Christine sent a whole thing over. Um, <laughs> what did you learn from making that movie with all of those unbelievably talented people I think I learned, and it's something in terms of acting that I, because when I, much later, like 10 years later, when I really got back into acting again, I had, I thought that it was, that, uh, it's tough to articulate, that acting was something that you really need to, needed to push, you needed to try um, to feel these feelings and, and push yourself to that place and that's always kind of a mistake at least for me because if the harder I push the farther away I'm going to get from where I want to be and so I thought back to that shooting that movie and how these actors would kind of just be like water and if you know if they didn't get to that place then they would in the next take I'm not well, saying that I'm a magical actor you but, are a magical but it, actor <laughs> no, by but the it, way but it's like completely mercurial, weird, um, emotional... Well, was it very mush. fluid on that film? Do you feel yeah, like you'd all I mean, be hanging well, out she and was, then you'd call action and you'd just start, everyone would just... Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Nicole was just such an intense, amazing scene partner and it seemed like it just, you know, it, it, she wasn't acting and so I kind of felt like I wasn't acting. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, the best you can feel like when you're acting is that you're not acting. That's just, right. Just, um, you don't have to push for anything and... And I think when I started acting again, I was so results oriented, like, oh, I should, you know, I should cry at the end of the scene or something. And it's like, if you just go in knowing what happens in the scene, but also somewhat blind, and you can kind of just let things unfold in an organic way, then that's what feels really good if you don't know what's going to happen. And, and the complicated task is being really relaxed in a situation that is so heightened, yeah, which is you're not you're in a play or and they're all these that's what's right. crazy about theater because you're yeah. in front of so many people yeah. and and you gotta <laughs> you just have to take a deep breath and and you're Open like the door and you can't pretend that they're not there you know there is like always gonna be some part of your brain that's like I'm performing in front of hundreds of people right and yet you kind of have to acknowledge it 
and simultaneously compartmentalize it, you know? Well, I've been thinking a lot, like, it's really, it's been so incredible doing this play, with you in particular, because I just think um, very early on, we became friends. Yeah. The way that happens. I was like, he makes me laugh, and we get each other, and we're so silly in the same ways and, and hard hard working at the same time, really want to do good work. Yeah. Um, and felt so vulnerable and sort of saw like, oh, I can tell this person when I feel scared and, and when I yeah. need some support. Yeah. And I feel like we just did that. And I don't know what that is when you meet someone and they're just so familiar to you. Um, it's such a great feeling and it's such a like well, cause, cool part of what yeah. we get to do. If you make me laugh, it's like I'm yours. I'm so easy. It's like I'm yours forever. Right. That's it. You're never going to get rid of me because you make me laugh so much. Yeah, hard. and I would go home every night and just write jokes that I thought you'd like. Yeah. Would you and pitch them to your friends? Like, pitch, wait, wait, guys. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd record them and play them back, and I'd be like, how do I get Alana to like me? Yeah. Humor. It was tough. It was a, it was a long... But dude, you did it. I did it. Here, here, we, are. here we are. The first podcast in my... I'm showing you my home. Yeah. Crazy. It doesn't get wow. better than that. Nice place. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, what kept you, because you could have kept going, you were so gorgeous in that movie and so natural Thanks. and adorable and painfully <laughs> vulnerable. <laughs> and no, it's so funny, like if you just had longer hair now, I was also thinking you, I mean, there's... No doubt that that is Zane. Yeah, um, yeah. And yet that's many years ago at this point. Yeah. And there are things you do in this play now that I see are very much like... <laughs> I play... For, I, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I play someone who does porn in this play, so I'm really curious what you're going <laughs> to... What, what was it that kept you at the time... Why didn't you keep doing movies then? You could have. Um, I think kind of a combination of things. I, um, mainly that it was a really cool experience, but then I went to high school and... You didn't have the bug, like, I, just, I want to keep doing I mean, it. I, I, want I to loved acting. And, yeah. I really loved it, but it, it just was... But it didn't become your thing. I well, yeah. Then I just became like such a book nerd, and I really just wanted to write, and and that's kind of what I was such a. I was like such an English major through high school, even though there, were, there, there weren't majors that were incredibly. Oh man. Influential at that time, or that you read more than once. Yeah, it's okay remember, if you don't remember. No, no, no. Um, I remember I read Invisible Man in high school. And then I took a course on Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison in college. That's like one of my favorite books. Such an amazing New York story. Um, what else? I don't know. I mean, just I just love the I love picking apart literature and like in a class because it was like I mean. Did you have it, a great English teacher in high school? I had a few really good English teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. Uh, it's like a quasi-scientific, also really artsy-fartsy process. And kind of, it depends on the teacher, kind of sometimes whatever you say goes. And it's just like, you know, as long as you can back it up, like picking apart a metaphor in a book can be totally valid no matter which way you look at sure. it. Which was also good for me because I was a total slacker, but I was pretty, pretty good at bullshitting. Mm -hmm. So that's why probably... 
partially. <laughs> but also, like, you do the New York Times crossword puzzle mm-hmm. every day. You're, do you think your vocabulary is so wonderful because you've read so much? I don't know if I have a great vocabulary. You don't think Richard so? Greenberg has a great for sure. Vocabulary. And I mean, that's part of the attraction the way to people this play. Talk in this play. Yeah. Um, Although a neighbor of mine came and was like, who talks like that? No, no one. I, I was mean, like, it's, no it's, one. That's what's high, so exciting. It's, it's, like a, it's like a reality. It's, it's a different dimension mm-hmm. that he writes from. Um, it's aspirational in that way. Yeah, I mean, everyone is just so crazy articulate in this play. It's yeah. amazing. And it's really fun to be able to talk like that. Um, but yeah, and I think, I think, you know, I was an English major in college then after that. Um, I really, I was, did creative writing. Um, and I think, you know, in college I kind of fell back in love with theater and I was reading so many plays because I was so interested in dialogue, um, and how to write dialogue and just fascinated by that. And so I was just voraciously reading plays and then I was kind of like you know like why am I not saying these words I, I mean I fell in love with characters and and then I kind of got back into doing theater at college and um I was still an English major but I would kind of take classes and I was kind of afraid of it um were but, you intimidated by your parents success or did it not know, it was matter just, it necessarily? Was, it was like, I was like, I'm so far removed from this now. What am I doing? Like why, you know, but then I just, I, I became like really compulsive. I had to do it. And I, I mean, I just like fell in love with being able to say really great words yeah. initially. And then eventually it became, you know, like, I feel like actors are actually writers as well because there are, an infinite number of ways to say any line and you can put any meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you ha- I'm, ultimately you want to stick to the playwrights or, or writer's them, intention. Yeah. Um, make but, them happy. Yeah, but then, you know, you also bring your own your own quality to it and that that is writing in a way. Well, I saw I mean, it it's, in our... It's, it's, it's enhancing meaning. That you wrote a pilot. Yeah. So you do write, actually. Yeah, I wrote, actually in wrote a professional a, I wrote way. I wrote a pilot with my dad. You um, did? Yes, and we we optioned it to Sony. What is um, it about? It was about this um, young painter who becomes very successful in uh, New York City, and, and he kind of it's just it's kind of a, just about the modern art scene. Um, yeah, and I wrote, I, it was a short story kind of that I wrote in college, this very minimal skeletal thing that we kind of... Fleshed out. Yeah. That was, That's was cool. Fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and I, I still still try to write. I'm working on some stuff, but... Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you also sing and write music. I, um, Zane, right before you walk on stage... Yeah. What happens... Um, in this play, for example, <laughs> a lot of the times before I walk on stage, like everything in my body and my mind is like, "What are you doing? You can't go out there. You're gonna die." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like just complete instinctual f- fight or flight. Fight, or flight, yeah. And it's like everything is like flight, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, okay, well, 
no matter what, when the cue light happens, I have to open the door and step out and say my line. So like, no matter what my body's telling me, my hand's still gonna open the door. And then as soon as I'm on stage, it's like totally fine. I'm like, you know, like these people aren't- They're friendly. Yeah, the audience is not hoping for you to fail. Yeah. Everyone is really rooting for you and and then you just take a deep breath and you're present. And sometimes I don't have that total neurotic. Like as a, lo- a, a run feeling. goes on also. Does totally. It get easier? Totally. Like I saw you on Sunday. I thought you were so great at the Atlantic. Um, I yeah, love your whole cast. I'm not a nervous actor. It's just yeah. that it's just that like those five seconds before you have to go on stage, you're like yeah. you're like, This is such a weird job. What it's am I so crazy? What am I doing? Like why am I and then, you know, it feels so cathartic and great to be able to be someone else for a little bit. Yeah. Is that why you like acting? Yeah. It's nice to be someone else for a bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons. I don't, I'm not someone that really, I don't derive pleasure from being in front of people. It's Mm -hmm. it's really, it's really for myself, you know? I mean, that sounds selfish. Because I, I don't ever feel like I'm acting for the audience. Like, it's really, it's more just because it makes me feel good, <laughs> you know? Well, I just want to say, um, if you are in New York City in spring of 2020, I think till the end of March for sure, um, I've seen one million plays and... Uh, I think your performance in this play is extraordinary. Oh, thank you. And you too. I, really, truly. You. But I love standing backstage and watching some of the scenes that you're in that I'm not in. I think you're... Um, thank you. And so compelling and so talented. And I look forward to the rest of this run, getting to do other stuff with you and just getting to come see and support your work forever my friend right back at you so yeah thank you for coming today I yeah so thanks for having me thank you podcast. for the tea thank you for introducing me to your dog of course thank you for letting me sit on your couch of course my pleasure <laughs> thanks alana you're welcome everyone new episodes of little known facts drop every monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider also if you go to the website littleknownfactspodcast.com you'll find behind the scenes photos videos and interviews and lots more on the gallery page and if you are loving these intimate candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show please head over to the contributions page i depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week So if you love the show, please donate. Hey, I am so excited to share some news with you guys. For the last few months, I've been working on another project that I've been calling Little Known Facts 2.0, Stage Network, an incredible new streaming platform which promises to be Netflix for theater lovers, asked me to do Little Known Facts as a filmed series, a talk show, as it were, in front of cameras. And I really thought about it for a long time because the thing that's made this podcast so special is that all of my guests have been able to share deep, intimate truths about their lives because we are in this tiny, comforting, 
confessional that is the podcast booth. And I really had to think hard, could I still deliver the same kind of intimate, raw, hilarious, and unique interviews if cameras were involved? But I think I figured it out. And I'm so grateful to Stage Network for allowing me to make my dream of sharing incredible friends with you in this whole new way. So I shot six episodes. The first one uh, is with Ben Platt. Other guests include Celia Keenan-Bolger, Zachary Quinto, George Salazar, Nikki M. James, John Slattery, and I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to share them with you. Stage Network really is an amazing place. Not only is it filled with incredible original content, uh, it has licensed so much theater-related content, documentaries and films and all sorts of incredible programming. I feel like I dreamed up a network and someone else created it and here it is. And the fact that I'm involved in even a small way with this incredible, incredible network is just truly an honor. So to that end, uh, to watch all of the content, including Little Known Facts, the series, go to watchstage.com. Enjoy and I hope you like it. Little Known Facts is edited by Nicholas Clark and recorded in New York City.